Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Matt. Oh, good morning. That's lovely. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm a member here at the Oak Church. Um, and at the Oak, we're doing a series we do regularly about our values. So it's the things we want to be, the things we aspire to be as a people worshipping and following Jesus together. And this morning, we are talking about being a spirit-filled people who engage with God's word and leading. And you know, our, our values are really important because they say something about what we think God is like. We want to be a generous people because we follow a generous God. We want to be hospitable because we follow a God who welcomes us. So this morning, I guess the, the, the first question is, well, what is God like? What do you think God is like? Sometimes we can think of God as someone very, very far away, someone who's maybe cold and distant, maybe silent, maybe not interested in you or me, except to, except to judges. He's kind of like a nightmare boss who doesn't really show up very often, and when he does, there's, there's trouble and things, things go really bad. Or maybe we put a more positive spin on it. Maybe we think of God uh, a bit like the way we might talk about Santa Claus. He doesn't really bother us but he sometimes does nice things for us if we're good, uh, and he likes us to be good. That's, uh, but other than that, he doesn't really want to get involved in our lives. We can kind of keep him at a nice, safe distance, except at Christmas, basically. But the God we meet through his spirit, the God we meet through the pages of scripture in the person of Jesus, he's not like that. He is a God who speaks, who communicates, and who calls us to follow him. Communication is an odd thing because we often talk about communication like it's about sharing information, but it's not really about that, mostly. I mean, sometimes it is, so you say to someone, um, can you give me directions to such and such a place, and they show you that they're sharing information, that's great. But I was talking about this topic with Helen, my wife, this week, and she reminded me, most of our communication is actually about connection. I see my son, Jude, and he's drawing a picture of a train, and I go up to him and say, oh, hey, what are you drawing? And then he proceeds to tell me for the 500th time every fact he's ever heard about trains and what kind of train he wants to drive when he's older and do I know that this train he's drawing can turn into a robot and can we one day go on a Japanese bullet train and 10 minutes later he stops talking about trains and, and I say something like, oh, oh, okay. But do you know, like, it's actually really lovely. It's actually kind of a gift we're giving each other because I didn't ask him what he was drawing because I wanted information about trains for the 500th time. It was just another way for me and Jude to connect with each other, another way for us to say, I love you. God wants to give us information, things we should know, but the most important reason he speaks to you is to make connection. The whole of scripture, it's not just a story of people long ago, it's a story about you and me and everyone who ever lived. One long story of a God who loves this tired human race and who fights for us, and who made a way for us to be his people once again through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who offers you eternal life and eternal joy. It is one long story of a God who saves and a God who speaks. Now, if, if this is all new to you, this might actually sound really odd. Like, what do we mean God speaks? Do we think God speaks with an audible voice, something like we, we actually just hear a voice out loud? And, I mean, actually... This hasn't happened for me in my life, but I know for some Christians, maybe some people in this room, even the answer to that has been yes, on occasion, God has spoken 
audibly to you, and it has been powerful and life-giving and comforting, but the Holy Spirit is not limited in the ways he communicates with us. There's a lovely phrase that I came across in my social work training. It was, it was in a book. It was talking about working with children, and it talked about the hundred languages of children. And what it meant was children often communicate through speech, but actually they also communicate through play and art and movement and behaviour. I mean, my goodness, a child's behaviour can tell us a lot about what they're thinking and feeling. Every child kind of has their own language, and they communicate in dozens of ways. But you know, in the same way, there are a hundred languages of every human heart. Everyone in this room is slightly different. We show love differently. We receive love differently. We each see the world slightly differently. God speaks every language of the human heart. The Psalms speak of God's glory being revealed in the stars and the vastness of the cosmos, but also in the cries of a newborn baby. In Scripture, we see God speaking in dreams and visions and out of the heart of the storm, but also through the wisdom of ordinary men and women, or through the words of a child, or in a gentle whisper to the brokenhearted and the broken down. God wants to speak to you today, whatever, your lang- whatever language your heart is talking. But today, I'm, I'm just going to focus on three big ways God is speaking to us as a church And I've been drawn to these three things because they're ways we can begin hearing from God right now. You may have never spoken to God before. You may have never heard from God before. But these things, they're not for super special, super Christians. They're open for everyone. And you can hear his voice today. So we're going to consider God speaks to us and leads us through his Holy Spirit in his people, through his Holy Spirit in Scripture. And he speaks to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So, first of all, God speaks to us and leads us through the Spirit in his people. Do you know that you can be a way God uses to speak to someone? In his letter to the church in Colossae, um, the church leader Paul, he says in chapter 3, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. We as a people... We carry the message of Jesus Christ. We carry with us the good news. That's a responsibility, but it's also, it's a gift from the Spirit. And he helps us to teach each other, to guide each other. I love as well in this passage, part of how we do this is by singing to God. Like when we sing to God, he is using our songs as a way of speaking back to us, helping us to grow and learn together. So the guys who do worship, what you do, it's not just throwing together some nice tunes. And I know this is something everyone, everyone who leads worship takes really seriously. You're leading us as a church before God to speak to him and hear from him. But you know, it, it goes beyond that as well. The Holy Spirit, he gives his people all kinds of spiritual gifts. And these are ways for us to hear from and be led by God. In the first letter to the church in Corinth, in chapter 12, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. What gift has the Holy Spirit given to you? Is it wisdom? 
Is it knowledge? Is it a prophecy? Is it speaking in tongues? How is God wanting to speak to someone or to all of us through you? We have that invitation when we worship together. If, you, if there's something that the Lord is saying to you that you think is for the church, come and just have a chat to the person who's leading, have a talk with them and work out how can this be shared for the good of God's people. And you know, sometimes you might be sitting there and you might think, oh gosh, I've, I'm there's something that I think it's not from me. It feels like it's from God. It feels like it would be for people's good. It would be a help to people, but oh, it feels really scary. And I would just say, don't, don't be, there's no need to be scared. Of course, it feels a bit nerve-wracking and scary, but that's why we've got people at the front to help with sharing that. But God wants to speak to his people through you. And we love it when people share from the front what God is saying to them. Do you know, some of, it, some of you know this story, one of the transformative moments in my life happened in church, and it probably felt really small to everyone else involved. Um, I had spent a lot of my teens sort of meandering about in my faith. Like, I kind of believed it all, but God felt very distant and cold. And like all teenagers, you're kind of sort of wondering about purpose and meaning and all that stuff. And I was finding answers in plenty of wrong places and hurting lots of other people and hurting myself as well. And then I went to university, and the church I was at, it ran a mission week, and we had some teaching beforehand. And I was sitting there waiting for things to start, and a random guy who I didn't know at all, um, we kind of knew each other by name, but we'd never spoken. He just turned around in his chair and said, Matt, you're a child of God. I was like, oh, okay, right, sure. But then the speaker, who neither of us knew, um, he came and he shared from um, the first letter of John, chapter 3, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And I never talked with that guy about it, by the way, and I probably should have, but with those few words, God said to me that he was not a cold and distant figure. He was a father who loved me. And that I did have a purpose and meaning. I was a child of God. Not because I was a great guy. I mean, I was a spotty, skinny teenager. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, by the way. Teenagers are fantastic. But I was living off Subway sandwiches and Greg's donuts and cans of Coca-Cola, and I was occasionally going to lectures. Like, I was not an impressive guy, but I was also a child of God. And, you know, it wasn't like a lightning bolt. And 15 years later, it's still going on. But starting from then, the Word of God began to change me and change those old ways of thinking and living. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that that man was brave and let God speak to me through him with those few words. Where does God want to use a few words from you to change someone's life? It can be something really small, but God's words are powerful. And I guess I think this is a helpful thing to think about. This is a two-way process as well when God is speaking through his spirit in the church. It needs the person who hears it to be involved as well. So when things are shared from the front, God wants us to weigh it up and to be really open and curious, to think, hey, that was so generous of that person to share their gift. I wonder, is that God's word for me? And if so, what do I need to do about it? And maybe sometimes we find, hey, some of that wasn't really relevant to my life. That's okay. That's absolutely fine. But this bit really struck me and it tallies with what God said over here. And I think I need to do something about that. When I say weigh, it isn't a big, dramatic thing. This is just part of being a people who engage with God's word and lead it. First letter to the Thessalonians in chapter 5, it, it says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. This is a, a two-way thing that we're taking part in, and we can just be open and curious about what God might be saying to us. But doing that can be tricky. 
Like, how can we get better at this? How do we get better at knowing when the Spirit is sharing something for us through his people? Well, I think it comes from becoming really familiar with God's voice. Jesus said in the Gospel of John in chapter 10, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. From what I understand, sheep get really familiar with the voice of the farmer or the shepherd. Uh, So I I really like going out running. I love running in the countryside, on the moors. Occasionally that means I end up being chased by farm animals. And the last time that happened, I climbed over a stile and found this whole field of sheep looking at me. And they all started ambling over because clearly they're thinking, oh, he's come to feed us. Um, So um, I start trying to explain this to them. And I realize halfway through this is really silly, but I, I don't quite know what... Uh, what else to do. So I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm so sorry, sheep. Um, you've got the wrong idea. Uh, I, I don't have any food. And they're like, what am I doing? And I just start yelling, get away, get away. Um, and suddenly the sheep get it. They're very stupid animals. Uh, but even they can tell this frightened guy in lycra doesn't sound like the farmer, doesn't look like the farmer. And so instead they decide to chase me out the field and it's all incredibly embarrassing. But how do they get familiar with the farmer or the shepherd? Well, especially in Jesus' day, it's because they spend all their time with the shepherd. The shepherd basically lives with them. And they just listen to his voice so much, they get to learn it. God's spirit is in your heart, helping you recognize his leading and his word. And the more we listen, the better we will understand. And this is one reason scripture is so important. God God speaks through his spirit in scripture. It's the way for you to get to know the voice of God. When you read this book, God is speaking to you. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love that phrase, God-breathed. What it means is, on the one hand, In scripture, we're reading the words of humans who lived in real times and real places and had real questions and real relationships with God. But also through them, Holy Spirit was and is speaking to us. And somehow these old words can become new every time we read them. There's an odd thing that happens with scripture when the Holy Spirit is at work. It feels almost like it changes every time you read it. And in the process, it can change you. One of my favorite people from history, he's a guy called Augustine of Hippo, which is a fabulous name, first of all. Um, He was a North African church leader. He lived around about the the 4th and 5th century towards the the, uh, downfall of the Roman Empire, as the Roman Empire was starting to collapse. But he was... um, He's writing about scripture and about God and his autobiography, which is called Confessions. They're some of the most influential books in the history of Christianity. And actually, they're they're still read and studied today, including in Western philosophy courses. All kinds of different people study these books. He was an incredibly intelligent man, and he was used massively by God. But as a young guy, he basically spent a lot of his time partying. Like, he wasn't a Christian. And there was a real culture in those days for rich young guys in their 20s to go out, drink a lot, hook up with people at parties. Um, It's really interesting. Ancient Rome, it was a very different world to ours, but some things don't change that much. Um, And over time, Augustine began to realize two things. So first thing, he realized Jesus was who he said he was. Jesus really was alive and was the way to life. It was all true. But the second thing he realized was this pattern in his life of empty sex and relationships. It wasn't something that was bringing him joy. He knew it wasn't how relationships were meant to be. It knew it wasn't how he was meant to be. But his big problem was he couldn't quit his old life. 
He couldn't turn away from that stuff, and he didn't feel he could turn to Jesus. That was a big barrier in his life. But one day, he was sitting in his garden, and he heard a child in the garden next door saying, pick it up and read. And he had with him a copy of Paul's letters from the New Testament. And he turned to a page at random. And this is what he wrote happened next. I read in silence the passage on which my eyes first fell. Don't clothe yourself in raucous dinner parties and drunkenness, not in the immorality of sleeping around, not in feuds and competition, but clothe yourself in the master, Jesus Christ, and do not make provision for the body in its inordinate desires. That's from the book of Romans, chapter 13. And Augustine had read lots of scripture by this point, and this had never happened to him before, and this is probably not the text I choose to share with a young guy working out which way to turn in his life, but God knows the language of each one of our hearts. And Augustine wrote this is what happened next. I didn't want to read further, and there was no need. The instant I finished this sentence, my heart was virtually flooded with a light of relief and certainty, and all the darkness of my hesitation scattered away, and he was immediately changed and began to follow Jesus. And I share that story not because it's rare, but because it's a story I've come across time and time again over the years. For some of you, you could tell a very similar kind of story of how God first spoke to you through Scripture. You might have read Scripture lots of times before, but suddenly one day you came to read it and it was suddenly different. It was alive and it changed you. Scripture can transform us because it's God-breathed, it is living, and the Spirit speaks to us through it. But sometimes when we come to Scripture, it can feel a bit frustrating. Once I heard a friend ask, well, why didn't God just write a list of all the things he wants us to know, or doctrine, and a list of all the rules he wants us to follow? And to me, that, that makes sense, because life is busy, and it would be really convenient to have just a couple of lists. I could just skim down to tell me what to think and how to live, and then I could get on with it. But that's not actually what we get when we come to Scripture. We get not one book, but 66 books, and it's poetry and letters and prophecies and wise sayings and philosophy and songs and lists of names and ancient law codes and retellings of the story of God's people and accounts of people's lives, and it's all jumbled together. But that, I think, is because God doesn't just want to give us information. He wants to make a connection with you. He wants relationship. When I was a kid, my parents, they didn't sit me down one day and say, okay, Matthew, you've learned to read now, so instead of talking to you anymore, we've decided to give you a list of everything you need to know and everything you need to do for the rest of your life. So if you're worried about bullying, here, here under B, we've got it in alphabetical order, of course. Here under B, we've got 10 rules about bullying. Rule one, don't do it, and, and so on and so on. That should cover that. And if you ever wonder if we love you, you don't need to talk to us about it. You just turn to L, and you'll see under love, we love you. So that should be fine. Off you pop. Like, no, of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. That information would be meaningless without relationship. Instead, my parents read stories to me, and they sang songs with me, and they told me about things in the news and said, hey, what do you think about that? And yeah, they gave me rules, but then they'd walk through those rules with me. They'd talk about how to apply those rules in different situations. You want to play with a ball outside in the garden? Go crazy, that's great. You want to play with a ball in the kitchen while dinner's being made? No, that's a really bad idea. And over and over again, they said and showed they loved me. God gives us scripture the way it is because he wants that kind of relationship. He wants a connection. We are his children. And also, he wants us to think. He wants us to worship him with our minds as well. So he'll do things like this. He'll share two proverbs like this right next to each other. Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, 
or you'll become just like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. And we read that and go, well, that's a contradiction. That's ridiculous. You can't do both things at once. And what God is saying to us is, okay, what do you think? Which is it? And the answer, of course, is, well, it depends. Sometimes someone says something outrageous and cruel and hurtful and wicked, and you think, oh, I want to argue with this, but actually that's, oh, that's just what they want, and it's going to take over everything, and we'll both end up looking stupid. It won't help anyone. Lots of arguments on social media can be like this. This could be like a life verse for social media, I sometimes think. But sometimes you need to call out when people are saying things that are foolish, because they need to snap out of it. They might not have thought about it before, but when you say something, they might think, oh, do you know I thought I was being really clever with that, but actually that's not clever, is it? Man, I, I need to really rethink that. How do you know the difference? How do you know when you need to speak and when you don't speak? Well, Proverbs says we need wisdom, and you get wisdom through knowing God. And that's why and there's, we don't have time to go into sort of tips about how to read Scripture. There's lots of really helpful resources out there to really help us with Scripture. If you're part of a community group or a life group, this is something to chat about. If you're part of our Bible in a year group as well, this is, this is stuff that we can chat about there. But the biggest advice I can give you with Scripture today, we need to pray every time we come to Scripture. The Bible is different to other books. It's a living book because it's God-breathed. Reading it is really a conversation. And Jesus says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. When we read Scripture we can ask and we can know that God will show up and reveal himself. Because that's really what everything I'm saying is about. When we talk about engaging with God's word and leading, that's really just a fancy way of talking about a relationship with God. And that's just a fancy way of saying, we're God's children. You're God's child and he loves you. And he wants to speak to you. If we come away from worship together and we're hyped up with all kinds of miracles and prophecies and signs of the Spirit at work in the church, but it's not been about Christ, in a very real way, our worship has been a failure. If we come away from reading scripture or hearing it read and we're full of that much more knowledge, we've got some great new ideas, but we've not in some way met with Christ, then I don't think it's really helped us. God is not interested in an army of slaves he can order around and fill up with knowledge and rules. He's interested in a family of children who will follow where he leads because we know him and we love him and we are loved by him. In the book of Galatians, we read that if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The Spirit's work and leading, it's less about doing and more about being. It's less about giving us a set of rules to do and more about leading us to Jesus and helping us become like him. And in Jesus Christ, we meet with God's best word, the book of Hebrews begins. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, now he has spoken to us by his son. God's word is not like our words. It is personal and powerful. In fact, it is a person. It is Jesus. In John's gospel, there's a point where lots of crowds around Jesus leave him. They turn away and he says to his disciples, you don't want to leave too, do you? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we turn? 
You have the words of eternal life. And you know, that's still how I feel about Jesus. My walk with God over the years, over the decades now, that's, that's a troubling moment, isn't it, when you can start using the word decades, plural, about parts of your life. Um, but my walk with God, it's had its healthy number of twists and turns and highs and lows and questions and doubts and all the rest. And that, that's normal. Uh, and that's not just normal Christian stuff. I think that's just normal human stuff. But what has been constant, what I continue to come back to, is that the Jesus I meet in Scripture, the Jesus I have met through the Spirit, the Jesus Augustine met and every other Christian before and since, the Jesus many of you here know, and who some of you here, maybe you're just really interested or intrigued by him, or maybe you haven't thought about him before. But what I find is that Jesus still changes everything. He is still the answer to all my questions and all my doubts. He is still the one who stands at every height and who goes before me into every love. He still has the words of eternal life. What is God like? He came to us and showed us. He is gentle to the brokenhearted and vulnerable and stern to those who would use and take advantage of the weak. He is generous and delights in making all things new. He longs to bring healing to people's lives and he calls you to follow him and do the same. He's able to forgive all sin and he is willing to make you and me clean. His love is as strong, in fact, it is stronger than death. He took human sin and shame on the cross and has crushed the devil and triumphed over the grave. He has given us his spirit who speaks in every language of the human heart, who speaks to you and me today through his people and through scripture and who is at work in you to make you more like him. Through the same spirit, Jesus leads you and calls you to a new kind of life. He leads and calls this church to a new kind of life. One that is radical. One that looks out and loves the other. One that will not leave us unchanged. One that sometimes I fear I'm not ready for. Lord, help me. Lord, help all of us. He calls us to learn from him the wisdom of God. To love and be loved. To be called children of God. For that is what we are. He is speaking to us this morning through his spirit. And our invitation is to engage with him, to follow his word and leading. What do we want to do this morning? We have some time now um, to respond. Um, I don't know if uh, Adam and the band are still, uh, still around, but uh, if they are, then great. If not, then we can take some time to respond anyway. Um, this is the kind of moment, if you've got something inside you and you think, oh gosh, I think this isn't from me, I think this is from the Lord, I think God wants to speak to people, I'd say just be really brave, come forward and have a chat with Ellie. Ellie can help you work out how best to share that. We would really love to hear what God is saying to his people through you. But I'm just going to pray for us now and then we have a chance to spend a bit of time in response. Father God, we thank you that you are not cold, you are not distant, you are not far off. You are a God who speaks. You are a God who speaks to your children. You love us, God. And you have given everything for us. You have died for us. You have risen again from the dead for us. We thank you so much for all that you have done. And we thank you that you are speaking to us here this morning now in many different ways. 
Lord, I pray for each one of us that you would speak to each of us in the language of our own heart. Whatever our circumstances, wherever we are this morning, you would speak to us and draw close to us. Lord, we pray you bless our time of response. We pray you'd be doing the same for the children downstairs. You would be speaking to them this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you that you are a personal God, a God who loves relationship, a God who speaks, and we ask you to help us follow your word and leading. Amen.